So what's up, everybody? This is it's Tuesday. It's Wooden Your Ear Skateboarding. You're sitting with Gordy in the Rumpus Room. Now, today we got a super fucking cool... Actually, I don't even know how this all worked out, but it did. But we got owner of Charm City Skate Park over in Baltimore, Jason Chapman, on the line with us. What up? So, I guess, uh, really quick, how did this all turn into a thing? Did I reach out to you first? Did I just forgot, or did was it just that one message? Uh, it was pretty much just that one message. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I felt I, so bad. No, no, I think it's hilarious. So, I, I, I think do cabbages all the time yeah and um i think i saw you guys through cabbage or something like that and i was like yeah i'll hit those dudes up see what's up just because um i, I mean I, I i enjoy this podcasts are fun they're pretty cool and usually just spreading the the east coast i guess mantra through you know the podcast medium is cool i love uh the east coast and i love to talk about the history that we all have one here that a lot of people might not know about. So, well, I can tell yeah. you, especially out by us, because we're not East Coast at all. Okay, where are you at? We're outside of Chicago. I've been to Chicago, and that shit was crazy, dude. <laughs> this chick got fucking hit by a car, and okay, so it was a, a girl driving a car, and there was another girl jogging, and the girl driving the car hit the fucking jogger. And then yelled at the jogger and said that she hit her. She the jogger rolled over the car and just kept going. So I, I can tell you because I do like a lot of biking. That's normal. Yeah, so, like, well, they that attitude. They were both cool with it. <laughs> they were both cool with it. They kept going, and we were like, "Dude, Chicago is fucking nuts." See, and I always hear about how crazy it is out on the East Coast. Oh no, it's definitely crazy as fuck here. <laughs> but, okay, so here, here's the difference. Here's the difference. So if you go, this is why Baltimore is called Charm City. If you go down in Florida or super far down south, if you go down that way, people are all like super fucking friendly and really nice. And if you go up to New York, people are super fucking hard and, you know, just keep to themselves and, you know, just they got something to accomplish and they're just don't care who's in the way. You know, they just super hard. So we're right in the middle. So we're super kind of harsh maybe, but like super friendly at the same time. So we'll help you out. Super charming. Yeah. So I long a, as you stay on the good side, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I had, um, there was a bank teller that was straight from Africa and we were talking about, you know, how she liked it here. And, um, she was like, yeah, don't ask anybody how their day is. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, they'll give you the fucking answer. It's not like just a pleasantry. It's like, don't ask any from Bal- anybody from Baltimore how their day is, unless you want the answer, because they'll fucking tell you exactly how their day is going, how their week was, how their cousin is. How you know they just yap nonstop. <laughs> Bam, uh, Bam calls it the gift of gab. That's what he says. Novak has is the gift of gab because he just, you know, everybody from Baltimore's got that charming gift of gab. They just yap. Because I'm used to, you know, you just yell at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that that gets a response for sure. But um, or, you, or you hit them with their car. Hit them with yeah. their car. And it's their fault. Yeah. Get the what are you dude, she was so it was so crazy. We were all skating um at the the museum downtown with the okay. rails on the side. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty fun time actually. We were yeah, on that whole area over there is sick, like the So I'm sure you know about TNT and the seawall, right? Uh uh-uh. uh. I think it 
think it was Thrasher. God, I can't even place a time, but this had to have been like 90, I don't know, 98, 99 maybe. The uh-huh. TNT riding into the seawall over in that area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right up the street from there. Yeah. Like same yeah. little campus area. Sick. Yeah, that, that, that whole area was, was pretty awesome, actually. Well, and they actually got a park down there, too, now. Right near the right near the water? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a real... Do they? Do you guys have a problem, like, getting busted or arrested or whatever? So, I'm actually right outside of the city, but every time I've gone in, I've never had an issue. Yeah, I mean, they got joggers and pedestrians getting hit by cars to worry about. I'm sure you guys are. Yeah, there's too much going on to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we we were actually on our way to third layer for uh, Top Shop. And okay, we, just, we drove there and took a Chicago stop, and it was pretty, definitely worth it. That was a lot of fun. Well, it's really cool because it seems like in the last couple of years, skateboarding has gotten not that it wasn't all already big, but and maybe it's just because I'm getting older and like recognizing it more, but. Seems like that's a huge area where a lot of these big name guys are being like groomed up. Uh, where Chicago? Yeah, Minnesota. Uh, Chicago. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, well, like Chad Chaz Ortiz, right? Like he's yeah, always, yeah. Like he's a huge one right now. Yeah, he's holding it down for Chicago. But I guess really quick before we jump into anything else, if you want to give everybody, because I know my little introduction was one thing, but quick little speech just a. Hey, who are you? What's Charm City Skate Park and everything going on there? Uh, well, Charm City Skate Park is me. M- me personally, I've been um skating since like Back to the Future. So like '85, I started skating, and I was actually pretty old to start skating too. Um, but uh, like older. So I started skating, and then um, gosh, I just uh like we skated and. There was a shop in um, downtown Baltimore. Well, not downtown, but close to downtown Baltimore, um, Highland Town. It was called Sports Elite. And, like, Bucky Lasick and Matt Martin and all these rad dudes rode for it. And me and Rodney Jones eventually rode for it. Rodney Jones is pro for Powell and Bones and all that. He still rides for Mini Logo. So we got um, sponsored by sports, and we skated all around there. And when it came time to uh, sports closed and when it came time to either go to California and try to make pro dreams happen or stay in Baltimore and try to make something happen here, I chose Baltimore and opened the Term City Skate Shop right up the street from where sports was just because it was so nostalgic for that super dope vibe that sports had. And um, then just fulfilling a need because we didn't have shit here as far as public parks or anything. Fulfilling a need for a public park, we opened the Charm City Skate Park and like, well, we had a we had a triple spine ramp in the basement that we all sessioned for years, which was super dope. And then in like 98, 99, we just really pushed to have a park here. So um, we opened this, I say we, because at the time I had a partner, his name was Luke Rice. He has since passed away. But we um, had this started the park here in 99, 98, 99. Um, it's a 31,000-square-foot indoor facility that is right up the street from where sports was, too. And it's um, got a ton of shit. We try to cater to everybody. We have all, you know, we had a vert ramp. We got a mini ramp, like three, four mini ramps. Big street course, bowl, you know, 
pretty much have everything. Well, nice. Something. So I guess because uh, basically everything I know is from you talking to Cabbage. Uh huh. But you were talking about something on that that episode you did with him, particularly like with other local parks and whatnot. I think it was a lot of public ones where, and this is something super relatable for me, but you kind of, competition's the wrong word, but it's almost like, and if I could speak for you here, but like younger, angrier, like, you know, fuck those guys. Like that's totally like, why aren't, why isn't everybody coming to me kind of attitude? Cause I actually, for the longest time worked at a skate shop and that was the attitude, especially when zoomies moved in. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it's like, no, this is us against them. At this point, it's not even two businesses working together. But that was something you were talking about that like really like spoke to me. It's like, wow, I know exactly what this guy's talking about right now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I opened, I started as a skate shop, and then we evolved into a skateboard park. So I, I still had the skate shop mentality of like, you know, like it, it was hard to get out of the mindset of, you know, I can make ten bucks on admission, or I can make ten bucks off a board, and just like try to. You know, it was just a big change when I um when I moved to the park because we had to be like, just completely change the mindset of, yeah, we're 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 servicing other shops, customers. You know, we're sharing customers with other shops and making the money off the board just isn't as important as giving them a place to skate every day and not worrying where the boards come from. You know, we just totally are all about skateboarding. Period and we service everybody in the DMV here, like Delaware, Maryland, Virginia and Pennsylvania. And like even people from like Ohio and stuff, come Virginia, West Virginia, they all come here. But we, um, you know, we're covering, you know, we probably have 30 shops in our area that in the DMV that we service their people who regularly buy from them. So it was a real mindset, you know, really uh, changed my mindset from, we're not just selling them a skateboard. We're just providing our service to all the shops, you know? So it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't like, uh, I don't know, you know, it was weird. I still get some shops that vibe us or something. And I'm like, I don't, you know, we're not vibing you, bro. We're here to service your customers. Yeah. And we don't, like, we don't, we don't like push. I'm not like, you got that fucking board somewhere. You know, we're not like that at all. <laughs> we're, we're, we're the complete opposite. If they come in with like a board sticker, you know, like from a different shop or something, I'm like sick. I know that dude. That's awesome, man. I know everybody. So I've been in this for so long. It's, it's, you know, to seriously, just good vibes dude. We just want to have a good time and support, want to support those shops, want to support everybody. And actually, so I just bought a heat transfer machine and we um, have a lot of, so we've, I bought a heat transfer machine and getting prepped for the heat transfer machine. We um, have a fuck ton of wood we're sitting on and we're dealing with like five or six manufacturers of actual wood and we're getting um, just stock and boards to get ready for when the heat transfer machine actually gets here from China. And so we can, you know, OEM boards for people, but we're in the meantime, like the demand was still so big. We actually just started screening some. So we've, we've put out about five or six different graphics for, for different, a couple shops, a couple of local board companies. So we're like, like I'm here to service skateboarding in this area, whether it's shops or their customers or, you know, people who want to skate or 
I'm here to fucking push skateboarding. And like back in the day, like it was the interstate video magazine we did, which was like an East Coast video mag because we felt like the East Coast wasn't getting enough coverage like it could potentially. So we united with a bunch of shops and put that 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 video magazine together. And then like now it's um video magazine kind of doesn't work anymore. So it's been years since we did that. But we've always been trying to like push things through like working with people to keep skateboarding as much alive as we could. And we did like a social network for a little while called Global Skateboarding Network. And that was kind of difficult to keep up on because it was like nonstop work and there wasn't really any, um, uh, we were just getting lost in a sea of things. And, you know, in the end it wound up that like Instagram and Facebook and all them were just the, the fucking mainstays that weren't going to budge. Yeah. Uh, um, so that kind of, you know, didn't seem worth it. But this, the the latest project is, is, doing boards because our turnaround oh another thing to mention about that is like we are in a unique position where we can get he transfer sheets in a day one day where everybody else gets them made in china i don't i get them made in baltimore oh nice so yeah like you just have it pretty much whenever you want yeah so as long as i'm sitting on stock and you pick from the boards that we have in stock i can turn around with us is like days compared to months and years that's going on right now in the in the industry it's like crazy but yeah and i'm sitting on a ton of wood so it's literally like days if you're kind of local you know it's days if you're out in the chicago area it's you know week but yeah it's as fast as the mail yeah turnaround is like bonkers so which is actually that's huge because i know a guy who just had a I don't know how many boards he had done, but it wasn't a lot, like maybe 25. It was six months for him. And it's not, they weren't anything fancy. It was just, you know, your basic, I don't know how to put it, but like your quick, cheap, like, hey, just standard board. We're going to print a ton of them, same logo, everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, six months. Yeah, that's exactly what we, we did. A lot of people, we used Syndrome a lot. Um, to get like shop boards made and stuff here. And I, I really liked their wood. It was always good. And um, Jimmy and I like to support those guys, you know, their skateboarders and stuff. So I always try to spend my dollars with skateboarders, um, keep it in the industry, you know. But we um, keep skateboard, skateboarder owned things in the industry. But uh, yeah, Syndrome's like, yeah, we can't do boards anymore. We're just way too backed up. And I have a friend, Matt, who does 410 skateboarding. And he would get boards made there, too. And Jimmy's like, yeah, we can't. You're going to have to look for another supplier. So in the midst of a bunch of people who, are, who who get boards made, like, locally here, I was like, fuck this. I got this. We'll just we'll buy the machine and make shit happen. So, Well, that's the, it, kind of, that's the kind of attitude I can really get behind is between, like, that and the video magazine, the social media, which those are things I want to get into, but just that attitude of like, you know what? Fuck it. I can do this. Oh yeah. 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 Like that's what I love. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a DIY kind of (laughs) DIY kind of dude. It's like, I've never been one to like jock people. Like I respect people and I definitely give respect when it's due, but I'm not like starstruck or nothing. I'll fucking, you know, like I, I treat people with respect. Everyone. Yeah unilaterally whether you're just a kid who's learned how to ollie or you're fucking tony hawk you know i'll give you respect because that kid is just as important 
in this game as, you know, some of the big dudes, because he, who knows what he's going to become and his part of the chain, you know, like he's, you got people like Tony Hawk who make birdhouse and this kid consumes a birdhouse board and, you know, keeps the, we all are equal in this, in this food chain of skateboarding. Everybody is important. It's very, very important to me to treat everybody with respect across the board. So like, yeah, that that's why like this kid is just as important to me as Tony Hawk. We were actually in one of the Tony Hawk games too. <laughs> that was pretty cool. It was mentioning something about that with me about how he got to play like the demo or something. And then, but you, like you guys are actually in the game. Yeah. We're in, I think it's underground. Um, it's whatever oh, one is Baltimore. You know what? Here's the thing. That's the only one that I had not played. Is yeah, well, the, I think that's when it was like done kind of like, Skate had just came out or something, and nobody cared about the Tony Hawk games anymore. They were all about. So the park games. is in there. No, <laughs> that would be cool as shit. No, okay. So- <laughs> it was. So what happened? How how it worked out was, is, EA. I heard that that they were going to do Baltimore, and I'm like, I love Baltimore. It's, you know, I love everything about Baltimore. So I wanted them to do it right, and I called EA, and I was like, Look, I heard you guys are doing Baltimore. Anything you need, I will go take a tape measure and fucking, you know, make sure you get it right. And I can take some pictures of spots for you and hook up some of the famous spots that are here and, you know, make sure you guys. And they're like, oh, my God, the game is done. But that is super cool that you want to help us. So we're going to put you in it. Uh, send us your logo and you can, like, wear your Charm City gear so you can have, like, a Charm City shirt or stop at a shop. I think it was called Charm City in the game. And wear Charm City hats and stuff. And our logo is on a bunch of shit in it. So it's cool. They're really cool about it. Yeah, I'll have to find out which one that is. Because that's that's awesome. Because that's huge for like just skateboarding in general. Because you never know. Because as someone who like the Tony Hawk games are a big reason why I skateboard at all. Like Uh you don't know what kid's going to see that and like recognize that area and be like, oh, wait, there's like, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's. Amazing. I mean, I mean, people would always be like, "How much did you get paid?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm in the fucking Tony Hawk game. I don't care about money. Like, that's like amazing. that alone is enough." Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I was really, you know, that's really, really cool. I actually made um in the process of making a movie about Brandon Novak. It's a documentary on his life and um his struggles with addiction. And for those of people out there who don't know, who Brandon is Brandon was from Baltimore, and he was um. He wrote for Pal Peralta, and actually a lot of people from Baltimore wrote for Pal. So, like, there's this dude, Gary Smith, he owns View Skate Shop. He wrote for Pal. Rodney Jones wrote for Pal. Bucky wrote for Pal. Matt Martin wrote for Pal. I mean, like, a fuck ton of people wrote for Pal when Pal was one of the five. You know, like, yeah, like Santa Cruz, Alba, GNS, yeah, 8th Street, Santa, did I say Santa Cruz, and, and Pal were like, the big Schmidt sticks were like the big companies. And, um, a lot of people from Baltimore rode for Powell, which was crazy. Cause like if they sponsored 20 people, you know, like five more from Baltimore. And that's so crazy that we were so lucky to have those, those, you know, have those, those people who were our friends who just were so fuck. I mean, like Bucky Lasek's so influential on me. He's like, well, they Progress. just did a reissue for, 
his oh, board, yeah, didn't yeah. they? And, and I sold like 50 of them. <laughs> Literally, I sold like 50 of them. People were all about that shit. We we love Bucky here. He's amazing. He, he actually grew up like um, six blocks from the park. So really well, cool dude. Yeah, that's, see, and that's, that's the thing that gets me because I'm going to throw this out there with you. Like, this is my little, like, selfish thing because I already let Cabbage know. I don't care if they just tell me to fuck off. If I could get some kind of, like, conversation, like, even just, like, a hello to, like, Novak or LASIK or Margera, that would be a dream for me. So I'm just going to throw that out there to you. <laughs> oh, that's that's easy. Um, Novak loves to talk. <laughs> he loves to talk about Novak. Novak well, loves I- to talk. So he'll, I'll definitely pass your info along and definitely try to hook something up for you. He's he's a real good guy. He's He's been through a shit ton of, shit ton of, just incredible his story is honestly fucking bonkers and amazing and i can't believe he's dead he's so fucking lucky that he got out of that shit life before um the fentanyl fucking insanity that that is just murdering people at night yeah like i saw he did a thing on youtube it was like a short maybe like 10 minute thing of him talking and I just couldn't believe it's like how, because as far as I can tell, he looks like nothing ever happened. And it's amazing because it's like he recognized, like, I couldn't, I don't know how to put it. Because I've seen so many people go down similar paths and not come back, you know? Yeah, they, they just look rotten, you know, even when they do, you know, yeah, even when they do, if they are lucky enough to get out of it, they still have that, like, look to them. Like, they've re- weathered, you know, like they've just been really beaten up. But this, he looks like a fucking GQ dude. You know, he's like uh, ready for the modeling shoot. So what's going in with the documentary as far as what you're doing? And because I didn't even know anything about an official thing. Yeah. So we, um, so we, um, where to start with that one? So, <laughs> so I've always, I've always known him growing up and everything. And then he, in an effort to save his life, bam. Um, let him move from Baltimore to Westchester with Bam. And when he did, rather than really, I mean, the idea was, is that Baltimore is the problem, you know, and clearly a junkie in Baltimore is going to be an addict in Westchester. You know, he's still going to be. Yeah. Wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. So he's still him, but he's just him in Westchester. And this was right when the Viva La Bam was happening and, or CKY was happening. And then, he just moved right into Viva La Bam and Novak was always his best buddy. So he was just totally enabled whether Bam was trying to or not. That's what happened. And, um, which clearly wasn't Bam's intention, but, and Bam seriously fucking loves Novak just across, you know, 100, 100 loves him. And, um, so, you know, they did their thing and it just, Novak was enabled and for years and he was out of our lives cause we didn't know him too often. And, um, then Novak started visiting Baltimore a lot and he'd stop by the park and we were just talking and, um, he was super fucking in the, the grips of addiction, but he had a bunch of us fooled for a while and we were like, he's like, yeah, I'm sober. Let's start a film about my recovery and stuff. And I was like, fuck, he knew I had a video background and can edit and stuff. So we just started working on it, just started working on it. And I just documented him pretty much in the 
in in the grip of addiction for 10 years waiting for him to get sober and like he went to jail in the middle of it and i was like fuck yeah so i was wanted and i had so much footage and i'm like okay now i'm just waiting for an end the end being him sober or you know he went to jail and i was like fuck yeah he's gonna get sober in jail he's got a year to fucking detox and you know we can that's a good ending and of course I'm so naive sometimes. I, I've never done drugs or drank, so I, I'm super naive about stuff like that sometimes. And he's like, um, they're like, yeah, he can give fucking heroin in jail, dummy. Like, he's he's on heroin still. So he's on heroin, then he gets out, and I'm like, he's uh, taking this shot in his, in his butt. It's an opiate blocker, and I'm like, fuck yeah, he's on opiate blockers. He He won't be able to do heroin anymore if he does it won't have an effect on him and fuck yeah, yeah. we got an ending and no we didn't have an ending because he just wait the 30 days and then just do heroin so didn't have an ending there and then and i'm i'm really busy so i like build ramps for people which is fucking thriving right now and i do like very particular some ramps like they have a real look to them and the flare and people well really- and actually to help to kind of plug that, if you go onto the Charm City website, everybody, he's actually got like a bunch of photos you can see of the custom ramps. And I imagine you just do that to order like what people want. Yeah. So, uh, well, usually it's Instagram. So I got to update the website. But if you check out the Instagram, there's fuckloads of, of really nice custom ramps on there. We use um, all treated materials, tracks and skate light and, or um, I'm sorry, we use, we use from Canada. Um, is that the gator guy. skin or no, gator? No, no, no. I use. Oh my god, the dude's gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be so bummed. I can't remember what we use. Um, I'll get. I'll hit it in a minute. But we get. We use that. Uh, it's all you know. Has a very distinct look to it. So, but people love it. And I mean, we're nonstop building. It. I, I, as soon as we put one up on Instagram, then um, people are like. One and then we do set. We have a huge list right now. We're building about fifteen ramps, so I'm like swamped with this. And then the park is pretty busy. And then um, with the pandemic, retail's taken off again. So we're like just swamp, swamp, swamp. So I um and and this goes to Novak. So we um have been trying to to wrap up the documentary, but <clears throat> in the first year of him being sober. I was like, I'll give it a little while because I don't want him to relapse. And, you know, yeah, I, I just didn't trust it. So I was like, I'll wait till he's got a year on and a fucking year happened. And I'm still busy. And then two years happened and I'm still busy. And then three years, he just had five years sober. And I was like, fuck, dude, I got to finish this. And he's like, Jay, you got to fucking finish it. Um, <laughs> we all want it done. And I'm like, okay. So we had, at this point, we have 10 terabytes worth of footage. And I sat down and I... Um, I couldn't I wrote, imagine going through all that. Yeah, no, it's bonkers. So I, I sat down and I wrote The Hero's Journey for him. Like uh, how most movies, if they're good, use a story circle or they use The Hero's Journey. So I wrote down the... Um, and, and that's just a, an outline of your story. And Yeah. And Dan Harmon has a story circle. He's the guy who does community and Rick and Morty and stuff. His is a really good, tight way to do it. And then, like, original Star Wars used the hero's journey. And, like, every good movie has used the hero's journey. And it's just how the 
I, I didn't want to just slop Novak's footage together, you know, like I, I yeah, wanted no. this to be like an actual narrative. Be, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the story's fucking great. I wanted to just follow the hero's journey with this, um, with his, his story, you know, just plug things in where they needed to be. So we sat down and, um, the guy, Andy Gardner, who worked with me on interstate that East coast video magazine I was talking about, uh, he, I got him to actually move into the park and he was supposed to be cataloging the footage, uh, re-exporting things to, um, fit better. Cause like I said, this is 10 years worth of footage. So we had a lot of SD stuff we were working with. Um, we were revitalizing it, you know, just cleaning it up and we'd uh, export the files and put either we, it's an eight chapter story circle for Brandon. So we put either a one through eight or multiple numbers. That way, when we just search the numbers and the, yeah, you know, where what fit in the timeline. Yeah. I mean, a real, I thought it was fucking amazing way to do it. But, um, so we, um, got just crazy fucking busy and I was just too busy to edit at the, at the time. And Andy had some demons of his own. So we had to part ways on that. And, then we were back in the same boat of just having all this fucking footage, not having enough time to edit it. So we teamed up last year um, with Joe Franz, who had worked with Bam on like Haggard, and I think, I think he filmed the majority of Evil of Bam, um, a lot of it. And he's always a, been doing TV shows and stuff, with a lot of Nat Geo TV shows and stuff. He's an excellent cameraman. He's an excellent TV guy. Franz is awesome. I love Franz. Um, and I, I, uh, I'd actually built three versions of Bam's barn, which is another thing that kept me busy. Oh, nice. It actually really served a lot of purposes though, because being up there building the barn and being there every day, um, it wasn't like I was Jay, the dude who was making the documentary. I was like Jay. So I was just Jay. So they'd be like, get Chapman to fucking, like, they'd be filming a little skit or something. They'd be like, get Chapman to film it. Get, you know, Chapman <laughs> film this, you know, just film. So, like, um, and I'm super respectful of them and, and you know, like, Bam and everything, his own struggles and stuff, you know. Like, super respectful of, of, of everything up there. So, like, like, when we were moving stuff around in the barn, I'd, like, like, one time Bam wanted me to just get rid of the jukebox that was up there. And I, like, took all the CDs out and... Um, he wanted me to burn it. He's like, just burn the fucking jukebox. And I'm like, I'm not burning fucking 200 CDs of, you know, Bam's shit. So I, like, I like took them all. You don't know what could be on there. Yeah. Was, I mean, it was pretty fucking cool. So I took all the, um, CDs and their jackets out and stuff. And I took them, put them in boxes and took them to April's and just, you know, like that's, that's how I, I'm just, maybe I'm a bit of a hoarder too, but I just, I don't know. I just couldn't do it, you know? So like all his CCSs are up there and stuff. And like, we were like cleaning the barn out, like head to toe. And I'm like, bam kept every fucking CCS that ever came to his house. And wow. he was just like, just get rid of them. And I'm like, no, I, I can't fucking do that. So I just that, took them. That to stuff fucking, used to be like gold. Yeah. So I took them to, um, Phil's and, and apes and was just like, here you go. I can't fucking, I'm not going to burn these. I just can't do it. So he has a big, big, fire pit outside the outside the barn that we would burn all the scraps and stuff so i'm like uh 
yeah, I mean, and, and after a while, I was just Jay. I wasn't Jay the guy making the documentary or Jay the builder. I'm, you know, it was just Jay. So it served well because everybody was really comfortable with me, and it's not like they were guarded when we were filming. Yeah. So, so it was a lot more candid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fucking. I mean, Bam's pretty fucking. He's real, and that's one thing I can say for like Baltimore. Like that's part of our charm is we're real. So if you ask me a question, you're not going to get any sugar coated shit or some candy coated <laughs> bullshit. I'm going to tell you the real, real. If you don't like it, it might hurt your feelings. And, Too bad. You know, we might come off a little brash sometimes, but we're just real. That's all. Like, and Bam has that vibe to him too. So, um, yeah, everybody's just real. So it's cool. And and it there's a lot of footage that when this comes out is just going to be fucking amazing. So just real fucking shit. And Novak's about as real as they come. Like, um, I hope this doesn't hit the cutting room floor um, in, in the dock. Cause so anyway, I turned it over to Franz. I gave all of my footage to Franz and he's mm-hmm. going to edit it. And we have spoken a few times about like, um, we've had a differences of opinion a little bit about the story arc. And, you know, like I just don't want it to be a powder puff, you know, like, uh, yeah. Like, Everything like, was great the whole time. There was never any, or yeah, is that yeah, what you yeah, mean? No, like Novak ate shit. Like literally ate a fucking piece of dog shit. And I'm like, we have it on tape. And I'm like, I want you to, you know, like, please don't take all the dog shit. Like we were talking about what place the dog shit had in the film. And I'm like, he is an amazing person right now. Like sober. He, his life is dedicated to, now helping people who were caught up in the same lifestyle that he was. And he doesn't, for example, um, he did, I went and filmed, he he did this big speech for this, these people called Nope. And it was people who had lost loved ones to heroin addiction. Like they actually died. And um, it was a big gathering and there was the governor of Pennsylvania was there. Um, district attorney who had actually prosecuted Novak was there and like all these, you know, hoity toity types, but all these people who had lost their, their loved ones to addiction, a bunch of grandmoms and moms and, you know, people like that. And Novak was really nervous about this being his first big speech. Um, and he got up there and he pulled zero punches. He said, fuck a bunch. He talked about, um, prostituting himself for fucking heroin and like, just was so fucking real. You know, he talked about eating shit. He talked about, you know, like just, he was a fucking scumbag when he's using. And he talked about being a scumbag when he was using, he wasn't like, you know, he, he didn't church it up at all. You know, he was just like, I was yeah. a fucking scumbag. You know? But honestly, like that's how maybe, and maybe I'm the wrong one. That's how it should be presented. It's like, no, yeah, no, you know, 100%, this nice. 100%. You don't want to, you want to make heroin addiction out to be the, a fucking, you know, walk in the park fuck no it's like yeah like oh it's bad but it's not like we're not gonna show like really how bad it can get so so for me i was filming from behind the crowd of grandmoms because i didn't want to have faces and get everybody to fill out you know whatever so i was filming behind so i had no idea how these people were reacting and he went on for like 45 minutes so i was like oh you know like what the fuck I can't wait to see, you know. So afterwards, as soon as it ended and he walked off, um, 
all these, there was a huge line of grandmoms to hug him because they, and get his autograph and stuff. Cause they were just so touched by what he was saying. And, you know, it's really spoke to him. So like his no bullshit charm is, you know, is it's just people gravitate towards him. And he's like, he puts his own phone number out there for people to call him who are suffering with addiction. You know, he's just a no bullshit dude. It's part of his, which is not who he was when he was using because he was lying fucking non fucking stop about everything. And now he's just the opposite of that. He's just, just no, he's back to himself. So he's just no bull, no bullshit Baltimore boy. Who's got that gift of gab and his charming ways. And like, that's how he is. But in speaking about the doc, you know, like I just, with Franz and everybody, I'm like, look, God, we just, I don't want this to be a puff piece. We need to have him go through the, the depths of hell with his addiction. And like, I mean, we have footage of him just being just a fucking scumbag. And like, um, there's a clip that I have of Bam where he's just like, I'm not demeaning Motley Crue or fucking Nikki Six or anybody like that or fucking Billy Idol, but Novak is way more rock and roll than you guys. He is the most rock and roll fuck. And he's never <laughs> even played an instrument. He's just the biggest fucking rock and roll fucking, you know, like crazy big personality. And um, that's actually on YouTube. If you, if you look up Where's My Needle, the documentary, um, Tattoo Gun Dilemma, there's a, um, it's got like over a million views and, uh, it's got Novak and that, that whole, it's a crazy situation he wound up in, but it's got Bam talking about him like that. And Bam's actually painted blue <laughs> and half the comments are like, why is Bam blue? Like crazy day. But that's just a, that was a Sunday. That's just a Sunday for Bam. He was all blue. Yeah. Regular day. Yeah. You know, that's how, that's how they rolled. So I was up there every day for probably like, I did like three months and then went back in six months and did the barn again and then went back another six months and did the barn again. And I'd be up there for like three months at a time. And every time I was there, it was just, that's every day was, you know, something crazy, something awesome and something crazy. And like Nikki is amazing. His um, wife now, she's a really cool person and Bam is amazing. Phil's my favorite, but like all those, all those dudes up there, they're, they're really fucking good, genuine people. I mean, when you see like TV or clips or, you know, Instagram insanity, it's the really good people. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem is like that, like that's not them. I mean, like on Instagram and whatnot, and like even as far as my stuff, it's like, well, anything that, it, and I'll go as far as to say anybody on like Facebook, Instagram and all that, that's not you. Like it yeah, is, it, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, that stuff, you can't, you can't base who, especially with like TV people or something, you can't base who they are based upon the snippets. Like I'll, I'll, I I think it's pretty, I think I'm a pretty good judge of character and I, I spent enough time up there or know them to know what their scoop is or the story, you know? Yeah. And like when people in the comments and all this shit, I'm like, half these people are fucking so wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. They have no idea what's really going on or, or whatever. But yeah, man, it's, um, to the doc. Anyway, back to the doc. It's like, since turning it over to Franz, I think we're just about coming to, to completion. 
uh, Franz hooked up with another dude and they got some more footage. So it's coming to a close and um, some, some fill in shots and some extra stuff that we needed. But um, yeah, it should be coming out really, really soon. And we don't have a name. I don't think they've decided on the name because where's my needle is what was called for years. Isn't really the vibe that we wanted to put out. Yeah, because that implies that um, uh, this is still yeah, going I mean, on. That's how it was for forever, and he's he's way transcended anything like that. So, so it's um it's it's currently unnamed, but we've had interest from a lot of different people, Netflix and A and E, and a bunch of different people were interested in it. So we don't know how it's going to wind up and like cut up into a TV show format or just sticking with it as a um as an actual film but pretty cool either which way and i so, think it'll, it'll do brandon justice and the story of, of his life i mean i know you said you're still in talks with everybody but is there like any kind of rough time frame as far as when we might expect anything uh, i mean franz is editing it editing it now so it's in a timeline it's happening well that's gonna be like a, i'm excited for that because like i said i liked that little video that novak did himself yeah, I think it was a lot of our footage from the from the documentary. Um, but yeah, it's 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 happening. It's sooner than later. Sooner than the ten, fifteen years that we've got on it right now. So so yeah, it's happening sooner than later. Just if you follow Novak's page or the Charm City account, as soon as we know anything, we'll there'll be he just posted about it the other day, so it's happening. And this I'm excited. But um Going on, this is going to pull back quite a long while, but because I have to, I have to talk about this Atlas skate video skate magazine. So first of all, tapes, right? Um, yeah. So it was Interstate. We it was called Interstate, and it came out in like ninety eight, I think. It happened in ninety eight, and we did five issues. Almost made a sixth issue. Um. Had a lot of footage for a six issue, but just never made it. And then the last two were on DVDs. So yeah, is that something you just like, oh, yeah, no, I can do this. Let's do it, right? Uh, well, there's a guy named Tyler Tufty, and him and his crew, they had, they had a, they're from Virginia. They skated D.C. a lot. And they had um, these video, videos called the 29, 29, 29 Crime. And... They were rad. So they were like CKY, but kind of local to them. Okay. And um, we hooked up with those dudes. There's a dude named Templeton Elliott. He, he, he went on to work for Transworld, and Tyler Tufty went on to work for Nike. But um, we hooked up with Tyler, and then there was like Mike Sinclair. He was from North Carolina. He actually works for Nike now. And Tamietto, um, Bro Style. He owns Bro Style Grip Tape. He, okay. um, he gave us a lot of footage from the North Carolina head. So like there's all these like big dudes from the East coast were flowing us a lot of footage and we were just putting it together. And we came out with a bunch of different issues that were pretty cool. It, um, it, it was really rad. It was just, I liked more of the production side of things, like putting the videos together and stuff, but like the marketing and the fucking sales, ugh, I hated that. And that's something that you had to be relentless on, and I wasn't. So we had good sell through, and like all the distributors carried them and stuff. But it's, it's like, um, like 
VHS was dying and DVDs kind of were dying too. Was, like as soon as we hopped on the DVD thing, it started to end um, pretty quickly actually. And then the internet started happening and like YouTube started to come up and it was, um, it was all just really happening. The internet was happening really rapidly and the model, the business model of like advertising, selling advertising space in your DVD and then, um, marketing, you know, like selling DVDs to shops, like shops were dying too because of the internet. So like everything was just changing really fucking quickly and internet interstate actually turned into, um, a, a social network like immediately, um, around 2007. And then that quickly, I had a partner on that, but we quickly split and I did my own social network, the global skateboarding network. And he retained interstate for a little while, but then they, that ended quickly too. So it's like, um, everybody was just, things were just happening really quickly digitally and it was really hard to keep up. And I was super busy with the shop and I was still doing the Novak doc. And, um, we went and did all the, um, do tours for two or three years toured with them and we're like filming all those dudes and stuff for the, for the, the last issue of interstate that never really happened. And, um, I don't know, just busy, busy, busy. And the, sh- the shop and park here, Charm city was still going strong. And I don't know, man, I'm just all over the place, but the, um, <laughs> I have ADD hardcore to great, to great lengths. Like I, I don't give up on shit. So I'll see my ADD through like hardcore for like giant projects. Uh, it's pretty bonkers, but, but now I like exactly where I'm at. It's really solid, what we got going on. And it's, um, like focusing on the, um, making boards for everybody and holding it down for the East coast and all these shops and all these local brands that need it and any brands that need it actually. So like character, if you need any boards, hit me up. Any of you guys in the Chicago that need anything, hit me up. I'm here to help. Um, I think the den is in Chicago, isn't it? Like if, if the chick from the den needs any boards, like I got you hit us up. Yeah. Actually bring up a good, I haven't heard anything from Alan at character in years. (laughs) Yeah. Does um, he still do boards? See, I think he still does things. Yeah. There, as far as for Chicago, and this is kind of how like disconnected. So I don't know how much you know about wood in your ear, but I play the old man character. Uh Uh-huh. But as far as how disconnected I am, I mean, like, character is the only one that I can even think of that's still doing anything. And I, I'm sure there's hundreds, you know? Yeah, stuff pops up all the time. And that's what's amazing about skateboarding. So, like, I've seen, man, you know, like, I, I say one of my greatest strengths here at Charm is my longevity. So I've been here for forever, and I know everybody. I've seen a bunch of amazing skateboarders come up and... um like Ben Hatchell and like he used to come to our contest when he was a kid and stuff. And he's amazing. Gumby, Rodney, um, Gary, like all the local Baltimore guys have seen a lot of miles Willard. Um, just a ton of people from Baltimore who have grown up hanging out at charm or coming here and skating every once in a while, you know, like seen a bunch of different dudes come and go and like, um, the scene grow and stuff and i've always tried to be a constant for everybody and give everybody a safe place to go without police harassment or whatever you know now away from covid or you know all that yeah. kind of stuff. 
So we're always trying to be in a safe place, a haven for everybody in skateboarding and all the shops and, you know, try to support all the shops and keep everybody going and stuff. So, which is, man, that's like, that's what's so cool because if there's one thing, like even just based off this little conversation that, so I have like mad respect for all the stuff you've done and you describe it as ADD. I don't, if it actually is, I don't mean to like downplay it, but that's kind of like a huge thing for me to see. Cause I've done like, I've tried to like put my little hand in here and here, like, okay, well let's try this. Like I have no reason I can't do that. And just like here and like, Hey, you know that, and that's why I was super into the video magazine idea that you were talking about because it's like, yeah, you know, like that's, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were actually, it was originally we were going to call it interstate 95 because we were coming back from, um, Tampa Am one year and we we're just riding up 95 the whole way because it goes from Florida all the way up you know the whole east coast of of the country and we're like yeah we call it Interstate 95 that's sick you know we're on the interstate because all the east coast you know hit all the east coast homies but yeah we just shortened it to Interstate but yeah it's like um it, it just kind of fell into place because all those dudes are making these rad um it's kind of like Jackass you know like so Jackass had the best of Big Brother and the best of the CKY crew. So it had the, the West Coast guys and the East Coast guys, all who who we know now as as Jackass guys, but they yeah. were they were all doing their own thing, you know, like the CKY thing. And so I don't think it would have been as good if it was just the Big Brother guys without the East Coast, you know, CKY guys. So really had to mix those two flavors to come up with Jackass, and it was pretty fucking cool. And, um, and yeah, it's like, that's what we were trying to do is just get the whole East coast together and put something together at that time. And it, it fit pretty well, worked out pretty good. Um, one of my favorite things about that is I have, I 